stop whining and pull this car over. I will pull this car over. I am serious. Hey everyone, this is Krista Bontrager, and I want to welcome you to this edition of the Route 66 podcast. I'm your tour guide on our exciting adventure through the Bible this year, and we'll just be stopping and looking at some points of interest along the way, calling our attention each week to some key events that will be happening in our scripture reading and try to help give a little background so we can all enjoy the adventure together. Are you ready? Because here we go. This week we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 19 through 37. So a good chunk of Genesis this week. The big picture of what we want to be looking for as we continue through the story of Genesis and beyond is the theme of covenants. Right now we're talking about the covenant with Abraham. And a covenant is an agreement that's made between two parties. Now the Bible isn't the only one to talk about covenants. Covenants were a major part of the ancient Near Eastern world. In fact, the biblical covenants are patterned after covenants that we find in other documents from other ancient Near Eastern cultures. But what's different is that God is entering into a covenant with his people. And so we're going to want to watch and see how the covenant story unfolds and how God is faithful to keep his promise to send a savior. And even in spite of the unfaithfulness of his people, God continues to keep his promises. In Genesis chapter 19 this week, we'll be looking at the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then immediately after the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, there's this strange little story at the end of chapter 19 about Lot and his daughters, a very troubling story. But what's interesting to me about it is that in verse 37 of chapter 19, it talks about the origin of a people that will come later called the Moabites. And if you know your Bible, you know that there's a very famous Moabite in the ancestry of Jesus, and that is Ruth. She has a book of Bible named after her that we'll be looking at later in the year. She's listed in Jesus's genealogy in Matthew chapter one. And so I think that the reason this strange little story is here in chapter 19 of Genesis is to tell us about the origin of the Moabites, because that's going to be part of the story later of Jesus's ancestry. We also have in chapter 19, the origin of the Ammonites in verse 38. And this is a nation that will continually be a source of conflict with Israel later in the Old Testament. And it comes out of this act of disobedience. And um, so that's kind of another interesting little point of interest there. When we move forward to chapter 21, this is a real pivotal time. This is continuing the storyline of the seed of the promise or what we were calling last time the seed of the woman or the line of the Messiah. Because the problem up until now is that Abraham has been trying to create an inheritance through his own effort. And God is saying, no, I will provide the seed of promise, the, the child of promise. I will come through. I will 
do what I promised and that I covenanted to do. When we reach chapter 21, Isaac is finally born. It's the culmination of the seed of the promise, the the seed of the woman, the line of the Messiah, the Savior, now continues through Isaac. But even so, in chapter 21, verse 18, God promises to make a great nation out of Ishmael. Ishmael is the origin of the modern-day Arab people. And so out of a disobedient act, thousands of years ago, we still are reaping the effects of that. And the conflicts between the Jews and people of Arab descent is something that goes way back to the rivalry between Isaac and Ishmael and the disobedience of Abraham. But even so, God still promises to make Ishmael, another one of Abraham's seeds, a great nation. They're not the nation of promise, but they still are a great nation. In chapter 22, it records Abraham's great test, the sacrifice of Isaac, his only son. I mean, what's at stake here is huge. It's monumental. You don't know, is the whole story going to come crashing down because the seed of the woman, the line of the Messiah will be cut off if Isaac is put to death. I mean, this is a climax in a movie. You don't know what's going to happen next. That knife is coming down. Will he kill the child of promise? Will the seed of the serpent win? Will the Messiah never come about? And then at the last minute, the knife is pulled back and we realize the test is over and we can all breathe a sigh of relief. But we also see this as a shadow of what's to come in the death of the Messiah and as God's own son and that he must die ultimately for the sins of the world. Great story there in chapter 22. You aren't going to want to miss that. When we get to chapter 25, we're going to see that the line of promise, the covenantal line, the seed of the woman continues through Jacob instead of Esau. So, you know, before under Abraham's children, the seed continued through Isaac, not Ishmael. Now it's going to continue through Jacob, not Esau. Now Esau would still be the the head of a great nation called the Edomites, and they would war against Israel in other places in the Old Testament that we're going to see later. But Esau was not the son of promise. Jacob was. And here it kind of goes against Jewish convention. It wasn't the oldest son who, who was the son of promise. It was the younger son. And Jacob isn't exactly a choir boy. He's not a good guy in the beginning. He's, he's painted as sort of a deceiver uh, to get the birthright of Esau. And yet he is the son of promise. And isn't that how God's covenant is? That when, that when we are unfaithful, when we are imperfect, when we are sinners, God is still at work. He's still pushing his covenant agenda forward through history. And even today through us, we are part of his covenant people. We are part of the new covenant and he is continuing to work through us even when we are imperfect. As we work our way through the story of Jacob and Esau and their rivalry and the difficulties in their relationship, one of the pivotal moments in that whole narrative is the story in chapter 32 of Jacob wrestling with God. And really that's Jacob's 
defining moment as God's chosen covenant people that now Jacob will be the head of Israel and he's the one that's really receiving the promise and and God's endorsement and that moving forward his name will be Israel and he is going to be kind of the one who is the designated head of this people that God is building through Abraham and Isaac and now through Jacob. Finally, toward the end of the week, you're going to be wading through another genealogy in chapter 36. And this one's focused on Esau's descendants. And remember that the Edomites come out of Esau. Again, is not to focus so much on the names, but on the purpose. And what the author is trying to convey is the origin of different people groups and that these are people who are going to be later involved in wars and rivalries with God's covenant people and they're being cast in the role of the the seed of the serpent the one who is set up against God's covenant people and so that's kind of the purpose of this this genealogy And finally, at the very end of the week, we're going to be introduced to Joseph. And this is the final portion of the Genesis narrative. And it's the story of Jacob and his sons. And Joseph will take preeminence in this narrative. However, it's interesting to note that the line of the Messiah, the covenant people, the seed of the woman does not ultimately go through Joseph, even though he's the one that plays such a prominent role in this latter part of Genesis. But we'll talk more about that next week. Once again, this is Krista Bontrager, and I want to thank you for joining us in this Points of Interest podcast as we walk our way through Route 66 this year at Grace Church of Lindora. And I want to encourage you to be interacting in your journals going to your small groups, interacting with your leaders. Maybe you have questions about the text. Maybe you want to dig deeper and know more. That's great. That's what we're here for. Or maybe you're just trying to keep your head above water. It's just all a little bit overwhelming. That's okay too. Just remember you're in the word. You don't have to understand every single piece of it. Try to look for the big picture themes, covenant and understanding how God's redemptive plan that was started in Genesis 3.15 is moving forward. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. We'll get there when we get there. <laughs>